folks, and welcome to the Sense and Theory Podcast. I'm Sense. And I'm Leslie Kingfisher for NPR. Today in southern Sri Lanka, the People's Liberation Front protested outside of Parliament Man, to show solidarity. we talked about this. The news voice is off the table. I don't care what accent you use. We're man. doing we're doing a news episode though. This man. is not that kind of show. You're gonna tell me that you in particular never dreamed of being on NPR? Well, there might have been that one time. It's just so it's so peaceful listening to it, man. I swear. Man, forget this. Let's start with the show. <laughs> we're gonna jump out today. We're gonna talk about uh lots of different topics in the news um and kind of give you our angle on them. So I think the the funnest one for me is uh, is Conor McGregor, man. Oh so, yeah. So Conor McGregor drinking with his buddies in Ireland um, hears that that this guy he's he's about to fight Khabib Uh Nurmagomedov. There you go. Uh, I'm glad you looked that one up. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, this guy cornered one of his buddies or something, and and is you know taunting him, threatening him, saying, "Where's Conor? Where's Conor?" You know. So he calls him. And Connor flies him and his goons in from from Dublin to go to go SWAT this guy. Which which no matter what I say in the rest of this segment, that that's some of the most gangster shit I've ever heard in my life. No kidding, we all need friends like that, man. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I want to hate the guy because you know. Well, first off, when you're when you're as big as Connor McGregor, you owe something to your fans, and you owe something to the kids who look up to you. You know, and you got to be a fine, upstanding person. At the same time, that's some gangster shit, man. <laughs> yeah, and, man. And if I had friends like that, like I'd be giving him fist bumps, like, man, I'll see you when you get out, you know, if, if he spends jail time for yeah. it. So um, he uh, he did. He showed up to the uh, the Barclays Center. Uh, they were doing it like a UFC media day. And just, uh, yeah, he went completely ballistic. He's throwing shit around. There's videos online you can go and you can watch. Uh, he, ended up, uh, he ended up hurting two fighters for sure. And caused a slew of fighters to actually have to cancel their fights. Yeah, I think one of the guys threw one of one of the guys in his crew threw a dolly through a bus window. Yeah, and like some glass shattered, maybe scratched a cornea. Yeah, of hit one a of dude the in his eye. Yeah, yeah. Holy smokes, man! I mean, so this is a guy who, who's coming off of making what a hundred million dollars from the Mayweather fight. Yeah, I mean, he was guaranteed thirty million uh, after pay per view and uh, and and merchandising is all said and done. He probably came out clean with over a hundred million dollars. Well, that that fight generated seven hundred million dollars in revenue. So the yeah, I mean, like Floyd got a bigger cut, but like Connor, I, he, it'd be silly if he didn't make a hundred million off. That yeah, fight, so you, you got to think like what this guy is is sitting over there drinking and is like, you know, I'm a I'm a hundred millionaire. <laughs> Fuck it. So what? Everybody, get on the jet, boys. We're going to New York. I'll tell you what, though, is as cool as that sounds. I'm not entirely sure that this was just a spontaneous event. I'm in what fact, do you mean? in fact, I'm almost certain that this is merely to set up the hype for the Khabib uh, Conor McGregor fight. Like, I mean, they're already <laughs> talking about the fight when this happened. Like right off the bat. Uh, the UFC president, Dana White, was just, oh, he was indignant. He was like, oh, I, I don't know if he'll ever be in the octagon again. He's he's shown no remorse for his actions. Like, this uh-huh, is uh-huh. this is just terrible. This can't happen. And we are, there are rumblings. We are talking about that fight. Yeah, so, so the fight's still going on. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, like, on one hand, you know, you got to say, like, this kind of thing isn't good for the sport. Well, you got to come out and say that. Now, if the fans don't come back at you and say, you know, this isn't good for the sport if the fans are going, well, I don't I don't know. I kind of. Well, here's the thing. I mean, like, so, you know, with with uh, martial arts, you know, with with boxing and mixed martial arts, 
uh, the the pre match, you know, the trash talk and the, you know, I mean, look at the Mayweather McGregor oh, fight, absolutely. like some of the shit that was going on, the suit that had the the little fuck you on the pinstripes and stuff. <laughs> Check that out, folks, if you get a chance. Um, you know, that shit's all in good fun, I think. But now, I mean, we're we're throwing stuff through bus windows, like that's yeah, you know, getting that's, other people involved. That's a bit much, and involved. I also and I also don't like like how Dana White was about it. Cause I mean, I strongly feel, and I, I don't have any proof, you know, I strongly feel like Dana White, uh, knew about this or wasn't worried about this at all, but he comes out and he's like, you know, covering his ass. Oh no, this yeah. is unacceptable and stuff. Meanwhile, in the back, he's like, so where are we going to have this fight? <laughs> you know, how are you going to sell these pay-per-views? You know, <laughs> we so. just got in 28 newspapers across the world for free. Yeah, absolutely. Cause so, I mean, you know, who is, is you've already got McGregor like up here, right? So if McGregor's, you know, if there's $700 million fights, of McGregor facing off with Mayweather and stuff. How do you get somebody jazzed up for a McGregor fight against a UFC fighter that if you're not paying attention to UFC, if you're just that casual fan, you have no idea who that guy is. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Right? So <laughs> it seems like a perfect PR stuff. Right? <laughs> exactly. And and so what are the what are the consequences for for McGregor though? You'd think you show up with a posse of 30 dudes, you flew in to whoop some ass. And there's going to be some jail time, but uh, that's not the case here. Probably not. He's uh, uh, we believe and we, you know, we saw conflicting reports. And I mean, literally from one day to the next. But we believe he's facing two felony charges for criminal mischief and 10 misdemeanors. But New York City, like, you know, they talk to some legal experts and prosecutors. They don't think he's going to see any jail time. Yeah, because crimes like this are not typically Right, right. Well, you know, that, that's kind of what they said is, you know, there's other people out there that have done worse who aren't celebrities who Unless didn't go to jail. You're black. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, they did. Some people said, hey, we should at least get him to do like some community outreach or something like that. But he, yeah. Hey, that'd be nice. I think that's a I think that's fair. You know, you, if, if we're worried about the implications of young fans seeing this and thinking like, oh, this is how I ought to behave. Like, yeah. And kids, if you're out there listening, you can behave like that if you're a hundred millionaire. Yeah. But you out there, you cannot behave like that. No, I think I think giving him some community service and, and making him get involved, um, that's a it's a good punishment, man. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's a weird place. Like I, you know, Charles Barkley back in the nineties, you know, did the whole thing. He said I'm not a role model and stuff. And I agree. I definitely I think you have to you have to be careful when like kids look up to sports figures or icons or stuff. You you because they're just people and they're going to do things that aren't always the best. And so you don't want to idolize them. But yet still, when we watch heroes in sports, you know, there is a little bit of a, an attraction there, a little worship. That's right. There's a you fine know. line. I mean, when you've got when you've got posters on the wall, mm-hmm. um, you know, kids are going to look up to you as a figure when you're in the news doing doing wacky shit. Yeah. Um, you know, questions are raised and how much responsibility as a as a public figure, you know, do you have for that? I don't know. I feel like. You know, on the side of personal freedom, uh, Conor McGregor does what he wants. He goes through the court mm-hmm. system, you know, and, and anything else is is outside of the realm of, you know, that's his personal behavior. Yeah. What he does in the octagon, um, you know, that's as far as his professional image um, should be held to, to standard. Yeah. You know? I, th- I think I think that's fair. I think this in particular um, you know, makes it kind of murky. He was at a UFC event. You know, I think for me, I would say at the end of the day, like, I don't mind you, you know, I, I don't need you going out there and inspiring hope or, or change or anything like that. I don't need you to do anything extra. 
just don't do anything wild. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, you know. So speaking or, of, of public figures that are doing wild shit oh, yeah, in no. the news, uh, yeah. I think we ought to move on and talk about Kanye West. A that was bit. a that was a theory quality segue right there. I'm proud <laughs> hey, of you. Man. Thanks. I'm uh, working on it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Kanye West uh, is definitely in the news this week uh, because he uh, he had the audacity to speak his mind on Twitter. That's right. Uh, he said he liked the way Candace Owens thinks, yep. who is a prominent black uh, Candace uh, Owens, Republican. Yeah, well, she's uh, uh, her. She used to go by Red Pill Black on uh, YouTube. Uh, she was a Democrat. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know if you consider her an activist, but she got you know what they call red pilled or whatever. Yeah. She's she's moved over since, and you know, uh, to the conservative way of thinking. And she had posted something uh, earlier in the day about Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, just kind of going on with her spiel, her normal spiel. And that's what he said. He, he came out and he said, I like the way she thinks. And all hell broke loose. That's right. That's yeah. right. People came out of the woodwork to denounce her uh, and him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how dare he support And Candace Owens says things like, uh, you know, black people. Uh, are using slavery as a, you know, as an excuse and, and lift yourself up by your bootstraps. She's very yeah. much a proponent of, of, of that idea that like, look, we're past this live in the now. No one's getting lynched now. Right. Well, I think one of her main angles of attack is she says that the democratic party is using black people. Right. And, and, you know, and that's, that's kind of now she does go down those roads that you're talking about, but I think, I, to me, the impression I got was that that's what Kanye was kind of because if you watch like as is because he kept tweeting, you know, people kept bitching and crying like this thing lasted like a few days. It, it might still be going on. Yeah. And and, and, and and the last thing I heard was that Kanye tweeted that he loves Donald Trump and they yeah. both have dragon blood. I mean, yeah, I know. We're harkening back to Charlie Sheen with tiger blood. Like, yeah. No, man, it, I got panda blood. I don't know what these guys are talking about. It, it eventually it got to Donald Trump. And yeah, he said he, uh, he considered him a brother. And, but see, that's the thing is like everybody, everybody freaked out about the, the Donald Trump comment. But, you know, Kanye said stuff like that before. Kanye's went and met with him at Trump Tower. Yeah. Like, and regardless of all that, I didn't take anything political from his tweets. And in fact, didn't he even say, like, I'm not co-signing all of his views? Yeah, no, he specifically said that. Yeah, so to me, like, yeah. Kanye is reaching out in brotherhood with someone we all consider, largely consider a racist piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Um and and coming to like a a brotherly understanding with them and y'all are shitting on that yeah like I can't I can't shit on them and I don't know what Ye and, and and Donald talk about yeah you know what I'm saying I right. don't know what their relationship is well and if he calls him a brother and says he loves him like let him be man he had actually he had specifically said that uh, when he went and met with him at Trump Tower and I think this was in the intervening period in time before uh, Trump was sworn you know inaugurated. Uh, he was talking to him about what to do about, you know, issues in Chicago. And he said, he said, the only way that I can, if I have the ability to talk to the president directly to try to get things done, you know what I mean? So I, like, what, what exactly, I, what do you guys want from him? You it's know what just, I mean? It's to me, it's just being in the way for the sake of being in the way and like, and molding it to fit your narrative. And, and doesn't this play to Candace's yeah. To Candace's well, no, narrative, absolutely, which is that the Democratic Party is using black people, and how dare Kanye, a black man, step out of line with the narrative? 
So since he's done this, uh, we've seen multiple places, multiple sources uh, question his mental stability. Oh, I've seen it. Like, you know, they're trying to say that he's having a manic episode and that it's not really him. Because how could a, a black person possibly think this way? And that is what Candace Owens has been saying that they have been doing. Uh, BuzzFeed has an article out now saying that, you know, well, Kanye was always primed for radicalization. Wow. Radicalization. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and our old friend Sean He's King. He's going to be wearing a Che Guevara cap with a fucking M16 <laughs> next week on Twitter. Like, What? Uh, Sean King said, a market has always and will always exist for men and women like this who say what bigoted white folks love to hear. They will always have a seat at somebody's table. That hurts me the most. Honestly, that's that's the most disgusting take on this, because what that's saying is like none of that shit was real. And and Kanye was just playing to have a seat at the table. And that's bigoted to me, man. Kanye's got a seat. Mm-hmm. Give me a fucking break, dude. Kanye West said George Bush hates black people on national television to yeah. millions of people. Like he does not have to play for a seat at that table. And that's anyone. <laughs> and what's interesting is seeing people try to rectify those two is like seeing them try to be like, you know, like, well, like I said, like the Buzzfeed, like he was always primed for radical. He, he was always a, a secret sleeper conservative. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. tell the, tell that line boy. Like, yeah. Like what kind of language are we using here, man? Like it's, it's insane. It's, it's an illustration of, of the worst things to me that are, that are happening. And, and, and fuck whether you support Donald Trump or not, because he because he clearly said he does not support all of Donald Trump's policies. Like, Absolutely. So so take that shit all the way off the table and 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 throw it away because it doesn't matter here. He said yeah. he loves the man. It's his brother. They they share the same dragon blood like like. Yeah, that's I would say if you're if you're going to complain from on, on that level in this instance, then show me the tweet. Where he was like, uh, even give me something like the immigration, where he was like, the immigration ban is a wonderful idea. I support that. You know, at least then you've got a reason to be upset. What he's actually said is he likes the way one girl thinks and he thinks that guy's his brother. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's just crazy, man. Kanye, man, I tell you what, let's, uh, let's sit down. You can have a seat at my table. Uh, me, you, Taylor Swift, we'll, uh, we'll squash the beef. I'll play Donald Trump, and uh, you're we can gonna, get this thing going. You're going to play Donald Trump to squash the beef? Yeah, man, like he did with Rocket Man and Mr. Moon. Come on. Oh, my God. You're, you're, dude, your segue game is in hyperspace. <laughs> Look at you. You're on fire today. So what am I talking about? Obviously, I'm talking about Donald Trump, uh, you know, stopping the Korean War yeah, as he's being I mean, lauded for. Pretty much, man. I mean, it's it's hard to make the case that he didn't. I mean, so last year, you know, ever since he was elected president, uh, Trump has taken a very hard line uh, towards North Korea. All he and, had to do was call him Rocket Man on Twitter for like six weeks. All, all I heard last year was that it was going to lead to nuclear war, uh, that, you know, that kind of uh, uh, bravado and braggadociousness, you know, he was poking the bear. And uh, yeah, we were going to have a nuclear war. <laughs> and turns out we don't, we have one less war today. And it's kind of funny because you, you hear when we talk about the cognitive dissonance thing, you know, and, and wacky things happening when, when people are faced with cognitive dissonance. You've got people on all sides saying all kinds of wacky shit about this. You've mm-hmm. got you've got people going, "Oh no, it's not uh, it's not Trump sanctions. It was the Obama sanctions and yeah. the Clinton sanctions." And yeah. you know, "Oh, well, they're not really it's not really peace." I saw I saw news articles saying 
well, there's there's reason to doubt that this is real. Well, yeah, no, you know, it and, and, may all just be a play by you know North Korea to to make it look like they're you know they're coming to the table. What, yeah, and I, 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 okay. In fairness, the the Kim Dynasty, or uh, I don't I don't even know what you what you call the dynasty there, but uh, uh, they they are kind of bad shit. Like some of the stories that come out of there. So in fairness, you know yeah, when I they, first they heard shoot holes in ones every back, time back during the. <laughs> Back during the Olympics, uh, you know, when I heard that North Korea was like kind of starting to make overtures and, and you know, Korea came in as a unified country uh, to the Olympic uh, yep. uh, parade and everything. You know, I was like, what, what, what's going on here? What is he planning? But dude, they're, they're hopscotching over the border together and stuff. I don't know if you saw that video. I mean, not hopscotching, but they're like, <laughs> they're, they're stepping on hand each other's side of the, the border. Of music yeah, got- yeah. I mean, it's, it's looking pretty legit now. In Butterflies f- and whistling in the background. In fairness, there may be another reason at work. Uh, turns out there are uh, Chinese geologists have said, and I actually, I saw like a satellite image um, that the North Korean nuclear testing facility has collapsed. Yeah. Uh, they were they were basically doing all their testing at this mountain, and they think that due to, you know, an earthquake or, uh, you know, whatever they said, the intense heat maybe from the testing of the nuclear weapons underground. Yeah, I think they said it was directly due to intense heat and energy dissipation. Oh, there it is. Which sounds like, you know... Testing nuclear weapons underground. And right, right. Oops, the whole shit collapsed on you. <laughs> yeah. So, so did he see that his nuclear program had collapsed and be like, "Oh shit, I better make peace." Yeah. Like we you don't know? even have a nuclear program <laughs> yeah. to stand on. Right, they want right. us to get rid of it, and it's gone now. I think it's funny though. I mean, and and this is the conspiracy side of my uh, of my brain. You know, going ding ding ding. Donald Trump threatened, uh, you know, military action, and eh, not quite. He said, you know, phase two. If, if the sanctions don't work, then we'll move to phase two and, and no one in the world is going to like phase two, you know, yeah. heavily implying military action. So is there this possibility that like we've used some kind of bunker buster bombs to cause this collapse, like secretly behind the scenes? I mean, you know, I would not knowing what I know about the American government. Right. I would not completely rule out the idea that there was a strike. The question, you know, would China let that slide? You know, I, I, I don't yeah, know. How would Russia not detect it? Or right, something? right. But hey, maybe we're using uh, using our, our what is that? Uh, uh, CERN. No, not CERN. What's the other? Uh, the, Are we the, going harp today? Yeah, there you go. Are we doing harp today? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> it's harp uh, channeling, you know, electromagnetic energy from the atmosphere to create earthquakes. That's definitely what it is. I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I like, read it on natural news. If you'd have asked me back in October, like, what's going to defuse the Korean situation? Like, harp would have been a possibility. I mean, because, <laughs> like, it was so unthinkable to me that it was just going to end like this. That You know, I'd be like, well, I mean, sure, if they could, like, fire harp at the nuclear, you know, I would have just said that all flip. But I don't know, man. No, in, in all seriousness, though, you have to look at this for what it is. And and back in February, Trump's cabinet said that they'd go after these illicit coal and oil shipments that were that were under sanctions already, but that were going on uh, behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. I know we, we had some satellite footage of, of North Korean boats that were dressed up as Chinese boats with the names covered up. And right. the port of or, port of origin declared as China. And they were meeting up in in international waters or something, um, you know, and swapping with with Panamanian ships. Yeah. Um, so they were selling oil, uh, you know, thumbing their nose at the sanctions and buying coal 
thumb at the same time, thumbing their nose well, at the sanctions. And because so, fair enough, the sanctions, you know, and, and Clinton did put sanctions in and Bush put sanctions in and Obama put sanctions in and they've been kicking North Korea's ass. They really have. Right. But they've been they've been flying under the radar on this one. So so Trump approached China um, pushing for permission to board these vessels. You know, he had a list of like 28 ships or something um, that they wanted to be able to to board and inspect at any time. And and people are saying that this was threatening enough to North Korea's operations, um, you know, that it, that it brought them to the table. And it's yeah. hard to it's hard to argue with that. Either sanctions work or they don't. Yeah. And if they work for Clinton and they work for Bush, then they work for Trump too. Right. So at some point, we've got to we've got to decry the the messenger and accept the message. You know, yeah, like. Yeah. Well, I think I think too. Even you know, like you, yeah, all jokes aside, with Harp and everything, if if North Korea's uh, nuclear facility collapsed and there's this guy across, across the ocean who keeps saying, push me rocket, man, push me rocket, man. <laughs> Maybe it's both. Maybe both things, you know, came into play. What I think is really interesting now to watch is Trump did a rally the other day and the entire crowd started chanting no bell. <laughs> they are talking. There are people pushing. Dude, can you imagine how many people would just shit a giant brick if, the day if, Donald Trump gets a Nobel Peace Prize? That's what I started thinking of. I was like, I was like, so what if? All right. Twitter to, would explode. Not to say that, you know, he's he's done shit. We all know he's done shit. But what if he comes out of this presidency having not like, you know, nuked anybody or blown anything up? <laughs> And has a goddamn Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> like, who saw that coming, man? And and uh, what's interesting is I think uh, that no, the Nobel organization uh, kind of makes that a possibility because don't forget that they gave Obama a Nobel Peace Prize one year into his presidency for, what? for drone strikes and <laughs> no, he got he got a Nobel Peace Prize because of the goodwill tour he did in the Middle East. Like almost immediately be, uh, upon becoming president, where he basically he went to Egypt and he went to all these other countries, and he was kind of like, you know, I want to open a dialogue with you. He he didn't come out so and, long before we bombed the shit he, out of he, Libya, right? Yeah, he didn't come out and specifically say I'm apologizing for Bush, but like that's kind of what was implied. And they gave him a Nobel Peace Prize. And interestingly enough, one of the, the people on the board of directors I saw. Uh, said that after watching the rest of Obama's presidency, he regretted having done that. You know, so so uh, here, so that was that was Barack Obama going around and shaking hands. The Korean War has been, you know, on a truce for what is that, sixty years? years? Yeah, I think sixty years. And right. uh, it's it's no more, and it's hard to argue that it's not because of Trump. Well, we it's not, not no gonna, more yet. Let's well, let's, true, let's true, be true. let's true. let's be totally clear here because. It's on the table, and they're they're talking. Well, uh, they're talking peace treaty. Well, and I'll put it. I'll tell you what is done is they have both committed to denuclearization. Bangarang, and that right there used to get you a Nobel Peace Prize. Like, yeah, no I'm kidding. just telling you, like looking at other Nobel Peace, that right there in and of itself, even if North Korea continues to, you know, I mean, they don't reunify. Yeah. That would get you a Nobel Peace Prize back a few years ago. It's going to be hard to make this the case a, that this doesn't. It's a hard conversation to have because how do you? How do you look at a man like like Trump who, you know, we can I as much as I've defended him in specific instances, I can pick a billion things mm -hmm. to lampoon him on all day long. Well, I, I don't think he ultimately will get the Peace Prize, and I'll tell you why. I think they will cite 
things like pulling out of the Paris Accords. Okay. And they'll cite uh, stuff like the immigration ban. And they'll cite, you know, some of this other terrible shit that he's done and say, well, you know, I mean, that's that's cool that you did this. You know, if if it because they're they're having a hard time giving him the credit for it, but but let's say they do. That's cool that you did this, but it doesn't outweigh the fact that you're causing global disharmony in all these other right, areas. Right, you and, know? and good. And good. I and I, I agree with that argument in places and places I don't. But yeah, I think I think that at the end of the day, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't I just get can't it. stop picturing like the day that this happens. the The amount of cognitive dissonance on the planet would probably be enough to like overload our magnetosphere and, and explode the earth from the inside. I, I foresee uh, Twitter's servers or you, you can explain to me how that works later. I foresee Twitter's servers just melting that. Yeah. Day. Just yeah. melting down. Like <laughs> just the whole building collapsing. Like they ain't got a chance, man. Why does that make me so happy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I would say that it got you because you have a repugnant sense of humor. Repugnant. Huh? A repugnant sense of humor. You see what I'm doing yet? I'll just wait. Uh, speaking of other repugnant things, Count Dankula, the Nazi pug guy. Oh, transition game on point. (laughs) Yeah, we're bringing the A game today, baby. Uh, no, Count Dankula is a guy over in Scotland. Uh, his name is Mark Meachin. And, uh, he, he blogs and makes YouTube videos under the, uh, Count Dankula moniker. Moniker, yeah. Well, he, uh, he put out a video. Uh, actually there's some debate over how the video got out, but he made a video where he decided his girlfriend thinks that her pug is the cutest thing in the world. Yep, yep. And he actually says in the video, so I'm going to make it do the most awful shit in the world. That's right. And he taught his girlfriend's pug to uh, give the Nazi salute when he says Sieg Heil. <laughs> and, and give attention when he says gas the Jews. Yeah, and react when he says gas the Jews. So this is like a whole video of him going gas the Jews? Yeah. Gas the Jews? And the dog's like looking up and he's like, hey puppy. Hey puppy and nothing. And he goes, gas the Jews and he just jumps up at attention, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he does the sig hail and, and, and the pug raises one arm and, <laughs> yeah. and I feel bad for laughing. Actually, I don't really feel bad for laughing, but the, the video was hilarious. Well, it's, it's, it's in bad taste. And like when, when I watched it and I heard him repeatedly say, gas the Jews and say it, and he's saying it like, you know, like you call your dog, you'd be like, gas the Jews, gas yeah. the Jews, you know? And, and it is, it's distasteful at the same time. Like, Part of me thinks about the fact that this this woman's gonna come home and her sweet little dog and he's gonna hit her with this, <laughs> and, you know. And it's funny; it's hard not to laugh at it, you know. And comedy is like that. I mean, some of the funniest comedy is absolutely fucking terrible. Yeah. Um. And and that's part of what makes it funny is the you know the the contrast between what's acceptable and what's taboo and 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 what your brain is now laughing at. You know, I think yeah. there's there's something sacred there. And, and there's, I'm not saying not to defend, uh, you know, the Holocaust, yeah. uh, cause I can still cry for those people and I can, yeah. and I can feel bad about it. Um, but in the same way I laugh at, at always sunny in Philadelphia's Nightman Dayman sketch, like it, you know, that shit's funny. And, and there's, there's people out there who don't think that we should be able to tell rape jokes, you know, because right. it offends rape survivors and, and. I don't understand it. I mean, I feel like just don't listen. You know, if right. it offends you, don't yeah, no, listen. Actually, my, my opinion on it, like if I was in the room while Dankula was doing this, I'd have been like, man, yeah, give it a rest. Yeah. You know, seeing it, seeing it on YouTube is, I don't know, it's a different beast. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, people make the normalization argument, you know, and I, and, and I don't know. 
But I, while I personally would be like, I don't know about all that, man. I, I do think the video is funny, man. Like, yeah. You know? And, and, and banning it is like, is like way over the line. I mean, and you can look at like Dave Chappelle skits, you know, uh, yeah. Katie and, and, and stealing the dude's girlfriend and then stabbing him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's yeah. some pretty horrible shit too. Yeah, yeah. But it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, you know, I laughed man. my ass off. Well, but. we don't, uh, over in the United Kingdom, uh, my opinion and your opinion, uh, doesn't matter at all. Fair because enough. The state has, uh, decided that they know what's best. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, no one, there were no complainants in this, in this whole process, as I understand it. It wasn't like, a citizen saw this video and was like, oh, that's horrible. Um, you know, I'm calling the police. Yeah. No, the police were trolling the internet for offensive shit and, and picked up the tab on this. Well, there was, there was, there was a Twitter outcry, but the, I, I think what you're referencing is, uh, so, so what ends up happening is he gets arrested and he goes to trial and they actually they found him guilty of sending by means of a public electronic communication network a message or other matter that is grossly offensive or in a, of an indecent obscene or menacing character and wow. yeah and so he actually he was found guilty he actually just got sentenced the other day he was facing the possibility of 6 months in jail for making this video he ended up with an 800 pound fine uh, which he is actually he's pretty appealing. light. I mean, you know, they're not, it's not like they're imprisoning I, him for it, but I, you know, it, it's light in, in view of the fact that he has raised over a hundred thousand dollars uh, for his legal defense fund. It's pretty yeah. light, but still $800 to an average citizen. No, I, that, I you know, that's I don't true. Think and, and good on him for fighting it. And I think he should fight it. Um, it puts us all in this weird predicament though, because for, for people who believe in free speech, um, you know, whether it applies to comedy or art, even, right. I mean, can you imagine if we're talking about, uh, you know, paintings that right. can't depict grossly offensive things? This can can clearly cross bounds pretty pretty quickly. So for people who are in the position of defending free speech here, you have to be willing to be looked at as a sympathizer. Yeah. And that, to me, that's that's like the most disgusting part of this at its core is I can't laugh at that video. You know, I felt like I couldn't come out on the show and talk about this because right. I found it funny. You know, so now all of a sudden I'm a target for these people who, who can say, oh, well, you're just a, you're a Nazi sympathizer. And yeah. no, I'm absolutely not. I'm a free speech sympathizer. Well, um, you know, in talking, in talking about this, I think one of the, the interesting things that I thought was if you're standing up for free speech, it's going to be about something like this. That's right. Right. There's, if, if we're to the point where we have to make, uh, you know, huge defenses of free speech for people who are saying reasonable things, then we've already <laughs> we've lost the game. way too yeah. far. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So, unfortunately, you find yourself in the making, you know, strange bedfellows, as it were. You know, now, I, I, I would stand up and I would say there is no part of Nazi ideology that I am in any way for or shape or form endorsing. In Thank fact, you for clarifying that for the audience. In fact... I'm worried, particularly, that you, by banning this man's free speech, are endorsing a form <laughs> of Nazi ideology. That's exactly why I'm mad. Touche. You know? Touche. So I, I think this goes back to um, that, that famous poem, you know, first they came for the socialists, um, yeah. and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a socialist. Yeah, then I think they it was came uh, for the Ellie Weasel. Unionists. Yeah, yeah. So, so th this rings true, you know, like, you have to, you have to support the worst of the worst, because once that line is eroded, it's going to be you one day. Yeah. It'll be your religion 
uh, that's that's on the chopping block. It'll be your philosophies that are on the chopping block. Uh, it's just a matter of time. Oh, no, absolutely. And And what's interesting, see, this is what I think a lot of people don't understand. We're seeing that in the United Kingdom. Like real bad. You know, you had mentioned uh, that that there was no complainant uh, for the Count Dankula case. Yeah, that is the deal. Like the Scotland, uh, I think they call it police Scotland or, you know, I'm not sure what the official phrase is. Um, They pretty much just went and made this arrest based off seeing like Twitter outrage. But no citizen ever came and formed a complaint or anything like that. What kind of makes you wonder, like, what are the police doing, (laughs) you know, watching? Well, turns out. Uh, that in 2016, uh, the London Times reported that more than 3,300 people were detained in question over so-called trolling on social media and other online forums, a rise of nearly 50% in two years, according to figures obtained by the Times. And that works out to seven people a day in England, in, in, I'm shit. sorry, in the United Kingdom, being arrested by the police for things for, that they said on what they've said on social media. Yeah. And haven't they, they've sent out tweets themselves saying like, we're watching you, right? Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, actually, uh, specifically who we're talking about police Scotland, uh, in April of 2016, sent out a tweet, uh, or it was sent out by the greater Glasgow division that said, think before you post, or you may receive a visit from us this weekend. I mean, that's scary, man. That's like the jackbooted thugs oh. enforcing thought, Thought policing. The Wiltshire, England police sent out a tweet that said, you can't hide from us if you're spewing abuse from behind a computer screen. Our boys and gals in blue will find you. Okay, so so here's an interesting point. They say spewing abuse, and that's a lot clearer to me than the other tweet, which was was very broad. So so yeah, if you're harassing people online um, and, and a victim comes to you and says, I'm being harassed, then I expect the police to do something about that. It is my contention that you cannot be harassed on Twitter. I I tend to agree. But what what about death threats? What about... If you're receiving death threats, yeah, no, that's different. Well, no, actually, I'll say this. If someone is like emailing you death threats. Yeah. Yeah. But but I... Say say you've been doxxed and and all of a sudden uh, you're getting 10 DMs a day that are saying, you know, oh, I'm coming to your house. And, you know, they find out what your kid's name is and they're using your kid's name. Like to me, there's a line there um, that constitutes like threat of real harm. Well, and and the police should certainly get involved. Let's talk about that line. Paul Chambers, 28 of uh, Northern Ireland, was found guilty of unlawfully sending a message that was also deemed grossly offensive or an in, of an indecent, obscene, or menacing character. Okay. In 2010, after he tweeted that he would blow the airport sky high after his flight was canceled following poor weather at the Robin Hood Airport. Ooh, that's another one that's like a fine line for and me. And for those of you keeping track at home, yes, <laughs> there's a Robin Hood airport <laughs> in the United Kingdom. <laughs> uh, where's the sheriff of Nottingham when you need him? He's knocking on doors for social media for posts. No, but th- th- there's a fine line there for me because on one hand, um, you know, when people are blowing up airplanes in places and you come on Twitter and you say, you know, I'm going to blow up the airport, like, you know, investigate that. But when you find out the guy's just blowing off steam because, you know, because his flight was canceled. Yeah. There's a point where it's like it's not really a threat. It's just it's just blowing off steam. Yeah. And well, and he was tried and convicted and, and all that good stuff. Oof, I mean, any yeah. idea so, what he got? So, I mean, so what fair was his enough, penalty like? The, uh, you know, I actually I did not include that. OK, that was right. that was my bad. But, uh, you know, fair enough. The the three thousand three hundred people number that I cited you are people who were detained and questioned. Um, who didn't necessarily have charges brought against them. But 
man, I, I don't know, dude. I don't, do we really want, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but how do you, how do you make that distinction without the police going and picking you up and questioning you? And then, you know, at least from our standpoint, now granted this is a different country with different laws, Yeah. but you get into, does this become the justifying offense by which I get to search your house? And, and how far and so do we so go forth? to find out who that person was? I mean, there's a, I guarantee you, there's a ton of money spent on, on getting the information from these companies. You know, you have to go right. to Twitter, um, probably with a warrant, you know, at least in America, yeah. um, you know, to say, Hey, turn this information on this user over like that whole process costs taxpayers money. And is it a worthwhile proposition? You know, did any of these people, would any of these people have, have followed through with anything detrimental to society? The Nazi pug guys video is still on YouTube. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, well, YouTube wasn't going to take so it. So what was the outcome of that? There's no betterment to society. You've just you've just slapped the guy on the wrist and told the rest of the country, like, watch what you say while you're yeah. you're wagging their, your finger. Like, we'll kick in your door, motherfucker. Right. Um, there's something really fucking terrible and Orwellian about that. Yeah. And I, I think it's the same struggle that we actually had back in the Parkland episode when we were talking about the kid and how he'd shown evidence of, you know, what, what he may have been capable of online. And so the question becomes, what do you do with that? If you're the FBI or if you're the Scotland police and you start seeing somebody who's, you know, trying to make threats and stuff, do you, to me, that's why I think, you know, I believe and Benzo can correct me if I'm wrong in that episode, I said that, you know, I really felt like you, there needed to be an established pattern yeah. Before you moved on somebody. And that's not what I'm hearing over here in, in the United Kingdom. I see them like literally like, we're going to get you. You yep. can't hide from us. <laughs> I, I see them like tro- no they're wrong trolling. Yeah. No, no wrong speak. Don't step out of line. And in fact, uh, what was it? Amber Rudd, the uh, home secretary, they have actually. And, and so they have those numbers that I just cited to you. Well, they feel like they need to do more. They have formed a task force whose specific job is to comb through social media and look for people who aren't keeping group thing. And you know, the trend that I see both here, honestly, and over there is that what constitute harass constitutes harassment. That definition is getting wider and wider and wider. Sure. And we're actually usurping things like harassment with, with even greater laws, like hate speech laws. You know, right. a lot of the things that I feel like are covered under these new laws are already harassment mm-hmm. um, or are already terroristic threatening. So if we enforce the laws we already have on harassment, then we're doing fine. And, you know, expanding the law on harassment, maybe that's necessary in the new age where, you know, on online harassment is a thing. Yeah. Um, but I feel very strongly about, uh, about crossing that line, you know, right. and, and finding that line. Like in this case with, with the tweets, you don't have someone complaining, I'm being harassed. Mm-hmm. Therefore the police takes a response to that. You have the police going and telling people when they're being harassed yeah, yeah. or they're when the they're being offended. Yeah. And that's, that's a big problem when the state has the decision, you know, Oh, well this is offensive and yeah. that's offensive. And that's not even enshrined in law. It's just by decision of, of the state, yeah. you know, at yeah. any time we can decide that, uh, that soap is offensive. I mean, they're not going to that's or, a or stupid ass example. Or but. they could decide that, you know, knives over three inches are illegal. Oh, segue game on I know, point. I know. We should write a book. That's right. So, so London is having an outpouring of knife crime there. The, the murders spiked higher than New York city. They're saying it's a gang problem. And that, that guess what? 
only criminal gang members <laughs> have knives. So yeah, they're the right. ones who are, who are doing this. And I had a friend who said that, um, that the mugging trend in London right now is to walk up to you and shank you yeah. and say, I'll finish the job if you don't hand over your wallet. Yeah. You know, it used to be you'd get mugged and put a gun to your face and say, I'm going to blow your head off, punk. Give me your wallet. You hand over the wallet and you go. They, no, they're stabbing people they're first. Putting, they're putting a down payment on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> and this illustrates the whole, the whole problem with, with gun control. I mean, I hate to well, no, 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 dead hang horse. On, hang on. As we discussed in the guns episode, London should be fine. It's a part of the United Kingdom, and they have a gun ban. And yeah, yeah no, they violent crime is gone. No, Absolutely. so we're just trading in one for the other now. I mean, and 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 possibly, possibly people feel more comfortable with the knife level of violence, right? So right. they don't feel like it's as deadly. So they can walk up to you and poke you a few times, and uh, they're probably not going to cop a murder charge. So there's, there's this sounds crazy, but there might be this inverse relationship where banning guns is actually leading to increased crime or yeah. increased violence because it's on a, it's on a smaller, more acceptable, acceptable level. Maybe you, even- you have a point that may be the case. You're, you're a little out on a limb. I, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know, but, but no, that, that is a good point because you know, it's, it's a stabbing. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how it breaks down in London, but you know, you think, a, you know, an assault versus a murder, you know, are you more likely to commit an assault? One of the things that I think you know, sometimes you write things off to stereotypes that, you know, have a little bit of truth behind them. One of the things that I think London has to particularly deal with is soccer hooligans and that, that yeah, culture. Sure. And I think that's what led um, to this, at least in part, you know, originally, because you, obviously you've got soccer fans, breaking, football fans, breaking out uh, knives and lead pipes and stuff over whether or not their teams won. So they do, they have had for quite some time in London, a ban on knives that were over three inches. That's right. And now the, they're talking about tightening it. Well, it's it's actually it's it's like a crackdown. They're talking about enforcing it and enforcing it heavily. And what's really interesting is if we want to talk, you know, as we just did about the erosion of personal liberties, part of that plan for more heavily enforcing it is greatly increasing the amount of stop and frisk they do. That's right. And if you're stopped with a knife and you don't have a receipt that shows that you bought that knife today. And are in the process of transporting it home. You are yeah. liable for fines and jail time. Yeah, well, you um, get uh, four years up in to jail, four yeah. years in prison and an unlimited fine. Right, right. They could fine you ten million dollars if you want. I mean, I you got to think, and you know, the first question is like, well, how does that affect real people? You know, I don't really carry around a knife. Well, for one, my dad's carried a knife all his life. He's cut apples, you know, for me as a kid. Uh, he's undone screws with it. He's uh, cut well. It, but probably not a knife over three inches. Maybe not a knife over. There could be yeah, though. Could yeah. lots, plenty of people do. One uh, of the things. Let's one think th about. Let's think about cooks who take their knives to work every day. Right. Back and forth. They have their own personal set of knives. Well, here's the thing. They would be allowed to do it. But what's interesting about it is, yes, we're talking about creating a world where they have to justify taking their tools to work. I can't. You know. I cannot get behind that. Yeah. No. I can't. I can't either. Especially when it's obviously not working. And right. criminals are using knives well, to poke people I would all ask, the time. I would ask you this because I find this I find this interesting. Is that this kind of goes hand in hand? There has also been a large uptick in England of, uh, or I'm sorry, in London. Of I am all over the place with Britain today. I'm just I'm gonna call it every name it's got. Screw <laughs> it. Um, but anyway, uh, there's a large uptick in acid attacks 
um, people actually throwing acid into people's faces. And they've, they've made the same law, uh, more or less, about acid. That you can't go down the street without acid without a good reason. Uh, you know, one dude said specifically he wanted to make it illegal to put uh, acid uh, in a container that wasn't properly marked. You know, like like if you're carrying acid in a container that's not marked, wow, you're going to jail. Let's follow this all the way out to its logical conclusion, right? So, okay, so we so we stem acid attacks, mm-hmm. and now it's uh, now it's gasoline attacks, you know, <laughs> and before too long, you are asking your government permission before you walk out the door in the morning. And you're saying, here's what I have in my pockets, sir. Is this allowed? Uh, check, check. Uh, I see you've got a box of matches. Uh, what will you be using those for, sir? Uh, well, I've got a pack of cigarettes, you know, like it, it gets really ridiculous really yeah. quick. And I think London is already to the point that I feel is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous, ludicrous. No, to justify carrying a knife. And the mayor tweeted, there is no reason for any citizen to carry a knife. Right. Like, period. And they don't, they don't recognize self-defense as a valid reason to carry a knife. One of the, uh, another, another interesting part of that crackdown is that if you order uh, a knife uh, from online, it cannot be sent to your house. Uh, you, have to, you have to show up uh, to the place, to a, a brick and mortar, and accept the knife so that they can verify that you're over the age of 18. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it slowly but surely you start seeing these things where the state is compelling you to act like this and to do this and to do that. And that's the kind of stuff that makes me really excited that I live over here. Well, and when uh, we talk about it's funny because when we talk about the slippery slope in America and people poo-poo it yeah. and say, oh, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Well, guys... Yeah. It's going on right over here. Like, look across the pond. Tell me if that's if that's really what you want America to be like. Yeah. And and there's no question we could easily get there in 20 years. I I, I don't even. Well, I, I'll give you that on the knives, on the free speech thing. I, I mean, I think we're heading there. I mean, I think these two things to me, they, they kind of go hand in hand because I feel like it's the same people. Yeah. It's the same people calling for one that's calling for the other. And I, that's what I wanted people to see today is exactly what you just said with the slippery slope. Like, guys, this ain't some imaginary beast right. that, that we're talking about. We're not like, making it up. It's happening right now in England, which is, you know, I mean, we, we think of that hand in hand with us, you know, a developed uh, Western civilization. You know what I mean? Like right, right there with it's. We're not talking about a banana republic. We're not talking about, you know, uh, we're talking about the United Kingdom. Right. And, and look at where they're already at, man. It's, it's terrifying. And I wonder how many of our listeners feel like, you know, that, that, that them being able to carry a knife for whatever reason, even self-defense is worth fighting for. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I, I, I wouldn't move my family to a country where stabbings and, and killings were higher than New York city and, and not carry a weapon to defend myself. Right. I would feel incredibly unsafe and uncomfortable. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And like I said, you can see how far we've already went down that slippery slope. And I think somebody else who is slipping and falling and can't get up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is, uh, is California. I'm looking at you with my impeccable segue game on point. Uh, so California recently, uh, has had a bill, uh, that's going through their assembly and their Senate. It hasn't quite passed all the way yet. Uh, but it is uh, house bill 2943, and it is going to extend consumer fraud protections um, on a practice that they've already pretty much banned. And that's the, they call it sexual orientation. 
Yeah, I don't know. But basically, they're talking about gay conversion, gay right? conversion therapy. Yeah. Right, right. Which and, is terrible, terrible practice. Yeah, no, I actually shame and guilt kids into into believing that their same sex mm-hmm. uh, feelings are are disgusting and inappropriate. I, I think it's I think it's an absolutely abhorrent practice. And I'm not even, you know, in, in 2012, uh, they passed a bill uh, which banned mental health professionals from performing okay, uh, gay so conversion the therapy already- on children under the age of 18. Now, you know, obviously, if you're above the age of 18, you can go and do whatever you like. Which, sure. Yeah, I'm cool uh, with yeah, that. Yeah. Um, you, do, you get into a question of, you know, a parent's, how much control they have over their child versus the state, their religion, putting their values in but me personally, me personally, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay, okay with that. Like, with, with Manning. Don't that. guilt and shame children for their feelings, man. Right, that's, right. that's fucked up. So here's the problem, though. This new bill. That which, strikes me as harassment or abuse to me, which yeah, should already no. be covered no, under I think like, it's, yeah, every I think law it's of the land. That's abuse to Well, me. the way they ended up doing it was they, they, they call it consumer fraud. Um, they, they have deemed that practice. like So if you're the mental uh, health professional, um, you're engaged in consumer fraud because they cite in their bills, in both that bill and the one we're talking about today, uh, numerous scientific, you know, evidence that, that it, it doesn't this work. Doesn't work, right? So that's the angle of approach they chose. That's to interesting. Take. That's an odd angle to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I would just come out and call it outright abuse, but you know, yeah. maybe they didn't have legal justification there. Well, I don't yeah, know, maybe but, they thought they had a better chance of it of it standing up. So, so I don't mind banning the practice of, of gay conversion therapy for Californians under the age right. of 18. No problem with it. What, what happens though, is now they're trying to essentially, what I understand is that they're, they're trying to ban, uh, products and services that relate to gay conversion therapy. Yeah. So you can't even write a book about gay conversion therapy and sell it in California now. Yeah, which which I have a problem. I, I have a huge problem with. You yeah. Know? That, so uh, basically, this bill would ban you from selling any book or you know selling any service, even if it was a consulting service. Let's say that you know somebody was like, "I will instruct you on how to do this with your child in the in the privacy of your own home." Right. Which again, I may disagree with whether or not I want that to happen. But should a person be able to you know to go write find a book that about service? it? Like, well, sh- to read a book about it or yeah. go find that service, you know? Well, going and finding the service is a, is a, is a fine line. So yeah. I don't think that the that even if you can buy the book, read about it, um, I think that once you perform. Uh, the things laid out in the book that constitute abuse in my mind, like that's where you've crossed the line. Yeah. But writing about yeah. gay conversion therapy should never, ever be off the table. I, right, I don't right. I don't care how abhorrent or disgusting the practice is. Yeah, right. And there are some people who are saying, like, no, that's not what's happening. Right? Well, I well mean, hang on. Hang on. Here's the deal. I would I would absolutely agree with you. And we could have a beautiful and wonderful conversation about whether or not we should ban books in this instance. I think it's Nazi shit. I think it's exactly like what we were just talking about with Dankula. And hell no, I don't want to see us. Yeah, this is the slippery slope. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're, you know, so what else do they get to deem uh, consumer fraud? Abortion. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) exactly. So, um, but the problem is we can't have that discussion. And I'm going to tell you why we can't have that discussion. If I look over here on the right, the Christian right in particular, uh, they come out and they said, well, this bill, it bans the Bible. Oh, shit. <laughs> which Because the Bible somehow <laughs> prescribes gay conversion which, therapy. Yeah. Therefore. Which is a, is, it's almost a non sequitur, man. Like, see, all right, here's the problem, Christian, right? If you hadn't, if you hadn't uh, just tried to go for everything, 
you might have had, you know, you could make a point, right? Okay. So that's the Christian right. For you. Now over here on the left, and I'm going to be talking here in just a second about Snopes and PolitiFact. And you're damn right. I said on the left, because let's face it, Snopes and PolitiFact are on the left. You can spare me your shit. No, there's no question about these unbiased fact checkers. And this, this story right here is perfect evidence. Why? When we go to Snopes for the fact checking on the claim that this bill is going to ban Bibles, which Snopes rightly dismisses. Yeah. yeah. Right. They include in there this uh, Anthony Sampson, a Sacramento attorney and policy advisor, told us by email that the bill would prohibit conversion therapy as a commercial service in exchange for monetary compensation, adding that it does not apply to the sale of books or any other kind of goods, and it does not prevent anyone from speaking or writing on the subject of conversion therapy in any form. Uh, let's take it straight on. to the text Before of the bill. Before you do that, let's talk about PolitiFact. PolitiFact has a thing where they're a little bit more ambiguous about it, right? They say, uh, well, you know, it, it could be, you know, it's kind of murky, like they won't come out and say whether or not. But what's interesting is when they talk about what the bill bans, they specifically say that the bill bans services which is exactly what Snopes just said, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. let's take it to the text of the bill. The following unfair methods of competition and unfair or deceptive acts or practices undertaken by any person in a transaction intended to result or that results in the sale or lease of goods or services to any consumer are unlawful. Goods or services slap right there in the text. You know, you, you often bring up, that we should be able to uh, clearly read bills. That's right. But what's interesting is California is one of those states that has that law that you want that says it has to be written in plain English. Yeah. And it is written in plain goddamn English <laughs> at the top of the bill. And, and I'm not even talking about what you just read. I'm saying it is written in layman's terms and it still says goods or services. Yeah. And then you've got Snopes and PolitiFact dancing around going, no, no, yep. no, it's not good. Here, have a have an appeal to authority. We've got a lawyer who say yeah. that it's no no goods well only services folks what's, nothing to see here what's interesting is there's a guy that we we both hate on uh on uh twitter uh dusty yeah oh, dusty. i hate dusty terrible we'll talk about him someday anyway he has a problem with the whole c16 bill in canada with jordan peterson yeah and what he refers to constantly is that the ontario bar association says that c16 doesn't do what jordan peterson does these lawyers said that the bill doesn't do that Meanwhile, Peterson's making the case that, you know, well, my boss said he thinks it does that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so on and so forth. There's at least debate. Well, here's the same thing here. We're trying to appeal to a lawyer and say, you guys are crazy. Look at this guy. He's yeah. a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Yeah. And, and what kills me about this is Snopes in particular is who we are looking to legislate as the fact checker extraordinaire for our social media. Right. So when we talk about Facebook using fact checkers to make sure that news is is on point and it's not fake news, they are looking at Snopes as their as their source or mm -hmm. the New York Times as their source of fact checkers. Yeah. And and dude, I mean I I started having questions about Snopes um back when I was reading about about Bernie in in, in the election and stuff leading mm -hmm. up to the election and every time they would twist little little yeah. details um, to kind of misconstrue and make it sound like uh, you know that the party line was the official line. It was disgusting, and I well, I'm, 
that that politifact uh, in particular, it's obviously it's going to be linked down in the show notes, guys. Go take a look at it because you want to talk about twisting. And they ended up and they rated the claim. They rated the claim that it would ban the Bible mostly false, not <laughs> not flat out false, because they don't know because there is some legal you know some legal room. The Bible thing, it's too much. Like one guy says. Yeah, sure. You could try to make a case, but no, no judge can't. in his right mind. Yeah, would say the is Bible gonna, is right. is advocating Advoc- or prescribing exactly. conversion therapy. That's exactly. all, that's off what's, the table. What's but. what's especially interesting to me is a guy named David French at National Review. This kind of became his pet cause because he actually he put up an article, and then Snopes and Politifact came back, and they were like, you know, it's not true. It's mostly false. Da 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 da. da. He never said that they were banning the Bible, by the way. But anyway, so he comes back three days later, and he's like, uh, no. That is what's happening. And what I love about this is he even nailed them on their own shit, right? So Snope says, doesn't say anything about goods, right? It's just services, right? Well, this is what David French said. Moreover, under the statute, services can include service, quote, from the bill, services furnished in connection with the sale or repair of goods, unquote. (laughs) So services alone can mean goods. The booksellers are providing a service according to that damn bill. So it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. And, and, you know, I, I see that Google, you know, in the last few months, uh, if you go and you search a site like daily wire, right. And, and you will hear no argument from me that daily wire is just as ridiculous as the Huffington post at times. And yeah, places. sure. Um, but there is a caveat on the Google search that says this is a conservative. And then they start showing you the politifact checking all the daily wire stories. Holy shit. And, and, and supposedly this is supposed to happen to any site where fake news can come from. No, they got Google got lambasted over that shit. They were, they were tagging conservative sites far harder than they were tagging liberal sites. And what people came out and said was, Oh, that's because the liberal sites are, are on point. And then, and then you had people analyzing it and going, well, matter of fact, here's a false story. Here's a false story. Here's a false story. Google didn't touch these. So, No, it the, was about equal when the all liberal were sides told. are on point according to Politifact and Snopes, the That's fact-checking right. arm of the Democratic Party. That's I right. Mean, That's I mean, right. straight up, dude. Like I, at the you know, at the same time, I, I want somebody to fact-check. I want somebody to call bullshit. That's a large part of what I try to do on this damn show. Right. Right. But when people start holding that shit up in Snopes, and it's like, well, Snopes said this, and, and Politifact said this, and I see them leading all these people astray on things. I don't care if they're supporting the right or the left or the middle or the anarcho capitalists or whoever the fuck they're supporting. It's wrong. That's exactly why I don't. You say you support someone, you you know, you want to see someone fact checking and I do too, but mm -hmm. I don't want to see it like this. Right. Um, And, and in fact, when, when this whole, this whole fake news thing started bubbling up, um, I started talking about it leading us to a dystopian future where you've got a government uh, accountability office, you know, some, mm. some shadowy arm of the government that's deciding what's fact and, and what's fiction. And, and that's exactly where we're going. Although it's not even a shadowy arm of the government, it's fucking private corporations, Yeah, which to me is, is, is far scary. At least the government has some accountability to us. However, if we trust it to, to private organizations, Snopes and, and PolitiFact, yeah. they do whatever the fuck they want. They, yeah. they, they are not accountable to anyone as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And, and we've also, I mean, so yeah, I mean, look, look around you. We've got shadowy organizations deciding what we can say on Twitter. We've got shadowy organizations deciding what books we can read. We've got, and, and you know, actually I take that back because I'm talking about the California state assembly. 
is banning books, people. I mean, if you're not, when are you going to get excited? You were excited at the mere hint of fascism on this side. Are first, you going to get excited about this? First, they came for the gay conversion therapy books. There you go. Uh, and then they came for the abortion manuals. Um, by the time they got to, you know, whatever it is you're interested in, there was no one left to speak for you. Um, that shit rings true, man. And, and it's not, and it's funny cause this whole episode we've kind of like laughed at and, and applauded some, some horrific shit. Yeah. Um, because of the values and principles that, that we feel they reflect, you know, kind of behind the mask. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure we're going to get lambasted, mm. uh, for this entire episode. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, we might get basted and fricasseed when the big bird himself cooks our goose. Our segue game is untouchable. Oh, Benzo, work with that. Gotta hand it to you fellas. You're getting more and more clever. Some folks will spend time trying to craft a flow to an episode of Random News Stories so the transitions from one story to the next weren't so jarring. But not you two masters of composition. You two see a weakness and you just crank it up to 11 so no one notices. If it actually worked, you'd be onto something. When we talk about weaknesses though, we can start right there at your McGregor segment. Damn, that segue. I know. You guys keep talking about a McGregor Khabib fight like it's a done deal. Putting your harp loving, conspiracy theorizing asses aside, I would point out that McGregor isn't even in the UFC right now. Maybe Dana White and the second gunman from the Grassy Knoll signed him in secret, but until then, is a theory that just don't make sense. You also had a nonsensical theory that Donald Trump... He's doing it with our names, man! Yup, that Donald Trump should get the Nobel Peace Prize. So you're just gonna ignore that President Moon Jae-in campaigned on improving relationships with North Korea and has been indispensable to the peace process every step of the way? And you're not racist Trump supporters? Now there's a conspiracy theory. I hate to break up all the fun and merriment you guys had today with all your Holocaust humor and whatnot, but we do need to address Theory's weekly roll call of fuck-ups. Theory? nine people a day being arrested in the UK for online speech, not seven. And 2943 is a California Assembly bill, not a House bill. I'm sure you knew that though, Mr. Laws and Civics. Well, anyway, boys, keep up your outstanding segue work. Some people will argue that it's just you putting lipstick on a pug. (laughs) But they'll be, well... They'll be completely right, actually. Fellas, back to you. Well, um, well, oh, God, he's right. We're frauds, man. Not only on the Segway game, but the pun game, too. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I thought repugnant was good. Lipstick on a pug, though? I don't, I don't, I don't even want to be here anymore. Do, you, do your Taylor Swift thing or whatever. Man, I already invited her to the table. Yeah, let's, I'm, let's I'm just get out of here, man. waiting on the RSVP. It's coming any, any day now. See you all next week. Thank you. 
Hey folks, I'm Sense, one half of the Sense of Theory podcast. I'd like to take a second to thank you for listening. Uh, it's your time and attention that makes this show worthwhile. Uh, we do the show for you and our listeners. Um, I'd ask you to leave a review, good or bad, on iTunes. Uh, come check us out on the various social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find the links uh, in the description to the show. And uh, if you want to reach out with a comment, uh, joke, uh, funny anecdote, uh, you want to call me an idiot, uh, sense of theory podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks again, folks, and we'll see you next week.